Charts and graphs. I close my eyes, I see charts and graphs. And the chart that has been just sticking in my mind lately is what's happening in Europe and select European countries, especially Austria. The COVID case numbers are spiking there. The vax rate's not that high in the country of Austria, about 65, less than 70 percent fully vaxxed. And now the government there, to deal with these spiking numbers, has decided to bring in a selective lockdown. Not a lockdown like we saw in the beginning of the pandemic, where we saw things like, you know, in, in Spain and Italy, where people were actually, you know, curfewed and said, told to stay in their houses. We've never seen anything quite like that here in southern Ontario, even though we, we've talked about lockdowns and it's never been quite that bad. But now this new lockdown that they're going to bring in in Austria is much more selective. It's a lockdown of the unvaccinated. And there are many questions about enforcement, but there are also questions about the ethics of such a move in an attempt to try and coerce, is that the right word? Coerce people into doing something that they don't want to do. My next guest is the director of the Oxford Uhero Center, for Practical Ethics at the University of Oxford, Julian Savalescu. Welcome to the program. Hello, Alan. When you're trying to grapple with the ethics of something like this, how do we balance out individual freedoms with something like trying to prompt people to do something they might be resistant to? Yeah, well, the standard justification for coercion, which includes lockdowns, quarantine, or mandatory vaccination, is that it's necessary to prevent one citizen from harming another. It's like going into a crowded shopping mall with a loaded gun and shooting it in the air. So the, the justification for restraining a person is that they may infect other people. Now, with the COVID-19 vaccines, that justification doesn't work. Um, because the vaccines are not that good at at reducing transmission. Um, So even if you're double vaxxed, you can still pass on the infection to others. So they're only about 50% effective. But there is a second justification for for coercion. In an extreme emergency, if the public health system is about to collapse or the health system is about to collapse, um, you, you can stop people from becoming infected if they're likely to require hospitalization. And that's really the only justification that could be used for these selective lockdowns, that the health system is on the verge of collapse um, and that it's necessary to stop people getting sick to, to, to protect the health system. If we have entered a new phase of the pandemic, and we hear this phrase quite a bit about this being now a pandemic of the unvaccinated, if that is the case, then does it not follow logically that restrictions should apply to the unvaccinated? Well, um, yes and no. So uh, first of all, some of the unvaccinated will have natural immunity. Um, They will have had COVID and natural immunity is as good as as, um, vaccination. So there's no reason to to restrict the the unvaccinated who have had COVID before. And and secondly, younger people are very unlikely to require hospitalisation. It's really the elderly unvaccinated um, who are, are going to Put, put a severe pressure on the health system. So again, um, the, the selective lockdown that Austria, say, has employed is, is probably too broad. Um, it could be narrowed down to a, a selective lockdown of the unvaccinated over 50s or over 60s. And, and I might point out that I, I'm in that age group, even though I've been triple vaccinated. 
Um, so, you know, I think it, 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 you need to use the minimum level of coercion that is necessary to protect the health system. Here in, in this province, the, one of the questions that we have here is, you know, should healthcare workers be mandated, for example, to be double vaccinated? And the, the pushback from our provincial government is that it would have too much of an impact on being able to carry out selective surgeries. It would have an, too much of an impact on the, the overall healthcare system. I'm, I'm just wondering from an ethical point of view, if a government doesn't blink, in other words, says, no how, no way, you don't come to work unless you're double vaxxed. Is that a more effective way to get people to do what is needed to do? Well, there's division on this. And I must say, I'm I'm against mandatory vaccination of, of healthcare workers. I think you can, you know, the vaccines are much better at protecting yourself rather than reducing transmission. So, so patients can be, you know, vaccinated. They should be vaccinated themselves to protect themselves. Um, uh, and now other people say, you know, it's a professional role of a doctor to, to take on some risks and, and, and they ought to be vaccinated. And, and that's, I think, a reasonable perspective. But I, I, personally, I think we should be using uh, all other measures before we use coercion. So using incentives, uh, educating people, and so I mean, even financial incentives. Uh, and I think that uh, particularly applies to sort of lower paid care workers in aged care facilities. Um, where they may be young at a very little risk of COVID themselves, maybe they've even had it themselves, uh, and and I think it, it's it's overly heavy-handed to be coercing them into having um, a vaccination. I'd prefer to, that we try incentives first before coercion. But we, we, you know, we've seen that you know in jurisdictions offering a hundred bucks to get, you know, to get vaccinated, that hasn't done the trick. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, I saw one estimate early on that you'd you'd need to pay people a thousand dollars. I mean, there can also be benefits in kind uh, that that you might offer. Um, so, you know, as I said, I think it, it depends on the the levels of protection of the of the general population who are patients coming in or, or elderly or elderly um, residents of care homes, uh, and it also depends on on how effective the 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 incentive is. I mean, look, you know, if you pay people enough, most people will, will do it. Um, I think probably $100 is, is too little. Well, it is, it is something that we still have to grapple with and will have to be grappling with for some time. Julian, thank you so much for your time. Very much appreciate it. My pleasure, Alan. That is Julian Savulescu, who is the director of the Center for Practical Ethics at the University of Oxford.